Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca along with Thunder Rosa. We look back at the life and career of Lanny Poffa. We do that with our very own Tommy Dreamer, who joins the podcast this morning. Also, Keith Elliott Greenberg. So please listen as we again, we celebrate the life and career of Lanny Poffa. Tommy, thank you for joining Thunder Rosa and I this morning. Not exactly the way that we thought we were going to start a Friday edition of Busted Open, but I'm sure by now most of us have heard that we lost Lanny Poffo yesterday at the age of 68 years old. And and Thunder, uh, good morning to you and sad news in the pro wrestling world. Yeah, I mean, yesterday I called one of my friends. Uh, I actually texted him, uh, Kevin Nasta. He's one of uh, he's the one who uh, got me connected with Lenny Poffo on my first signing in in New New, New Jersey. And that's how I met Lenny. And he texted me that he he passed away. And I, you know, I, I Lenny was such a in such a character. Like I don't even know how to describe him. Like he was a character. Like I remember when I first met him, he literally gave me like this the biggest embrace. And then he starts speaking to me in Spanish. And I was just like, excuse me, who are you? And he started like reciting a poem in Spanish and he's like oh I love your last name Cervantes and then he started doing all these like things and I'm like sir I don't know you <laughs> and then we got to know each other for a whole weekend and um he was just like so unique like I don't I don't think I have met someone like him still now like and he was one of the smartest people I met too like I don't know where he got and where he like hold so many words he had words for any 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 time for any special occasion and he won't recite a poem about anything and it was just beautiful and I um the last time I saw him he embraced me again I think it was in Jacksonville last year and he always talks about the, the first time that we met and um and he was really high on me and uh and Holly dad as the twisted sister so every time he had an opportunity he will you know write something on Facebook and we stay in contact in, uh, in Instagram. And I know he was living in, in South America for a while. And I know he had a, a, a really exquisite taste for Latino women. 
So <laughs> he was out there, you know, being a Don Juan. Um, and it made me really sad because he just he came out of nowhere. I know he was uh, in New York area before he passed away. And he was really excited because he had a, a couple signings this weekend. And it was always really nice to see him at the signings. And um, and I know that for for such a long time, uh, you know, he kind of lived on the shadow of his brother. But he he was again, he was a very unique person and he accepted that and he he was never like bitter about it. He was always he always had a great story to tell about him and his brother. It was it was beautiful to to see that and it makes me makes me really sad that he's no longer with us. Well, yeah, thanks uh, for sharing that. Go ahead, Tom, yeah, please. That's that's pretty cool. You never realize how uh people affect other people. Number one, he was so smart because he was a genius, Thunder Rosa. Come on now. <laughs> Uh, if you think about like his mark and you know, when, when people pass, I, I always go through people's social medias and to hear your story was, was beautiful. You said it the best unique. I did not really know Lanny Poffo. I've seen him a bunch of times, but yes, every time the way he spoke, he had like, he had a great announcer's voice. He had, uh, you know, this higher, like, hello, Tommy dreamer. And like that type of, bravado in his voice and yes he was very very unique also like i loved his social media like watching him just do r regular things uh and we we i was just having a conversation but like there was this one where he's dancing and like you said he had uh a younger girlfriend or wife in, in south america and just him dancing with them like i just found it so funny i'm like how does lanny poffo uh, wind up here um, but or, or Rob Van Dam saying like, I really you and I like after Rob posted it, I was just like, wow, like he was like, I was happy I was able to tell Lanny Poffo how he influenced my career with his movesets. And Lanny Poffo was very, very different for his time. Uh, a lot of people saw him like me personally, I saw him from Memphis but a lot of people saw him from here up in, in the WWE and like his springboard senton was such a big move, like for the eighties that a lot of people didn't see. And like, just also like then other people talking about the Frisbees that he would throw out to the crowd. And like, uh, I could just imagine if someone was doing that today, um, how it would be perceived. But I, me as a, as a fan, man, I always enjoyed his work. He was always somebody um, that, you know, he also had the different name than Randy Savage, but he was always some there, someone who was a capable competitor and had, you know, could win at any time. And then when he, he really got over was with the whole genius gimmick and, uh, you know, having a poem for us all was just, you know, I personally loved all that. And then you think about like, not that he influenced them, but like that poem stuff, obviously like he just you know, that was in his head, kind of like what the acclaim does. They come out and it was different type of artistry that he got to express to the world. And uh, I just think that's really, really cool. And I mean, I've watched him from mid South, mid Atlantic, like, but my first real seeing him was him and his brother because his father owned a rival territory going up against the Jarrett uh, Lawler. Uh, and then they came in and they invaded the company. And like, I mean, it was a lot of heat. Yeah. I mean, you look at, at his career 
And then I want to go back to something Thunder said a little bit earlier. But you look at his career, and I think he's the definition of somebody who got over, got his character over, uh, had fame without ever having to win a major championship or, you know, be a main event wrestler. He, he probably had more success early in his career when he was tagging with his dad and tagging with his brother than he did when he went to the WWE, though he had a lot more acclaim and a lot more fame at that time. But he wasn't somebody that needed to win a championship. And it kind of shows you that, you know, you don't need to do those things in order to get fame and love from the crowd. And he was able to do that. And Thunder, you said something earlier that really struck me in the fact that you got to meet him, you know, during these autograph sessions that you're a part of, these meet and greets. I think there's a lot of fans that probably met him, you know, with the meet and greets around the country and around the world that probably weren't even old enough to see him wrestle at the time when he was at I mean, probably I can his tell most you. popular. Yeah, I can tell you when I first met him and well, this is with a lot of people that I met because I I wasn't a wrestling fan and I wasn't like, let me watch some 80s wrestling. Let me watch some 90s wrestling. I was watching 2000 to, you know, and moving forward. So when I met him, I met him as as Lonnie Pavel, as him, not as, you know, as a genius genius, or as a wrestler. Like that's that's why I was so struck by his personality in his character, because he was. He was something else. Like, it's like, he was like, it's just like, I can tell you, puts me a smile on my face because I remember his energy and like, it's unmeasurable. Like, you can't, if you met him in person and, and, and he recites a poem, the, the first thing that he does when you meet him, you're like, holy Jesus, are we in 1800s? Like, this is really <laughs> cute. <laughs> you know, and then he, and then my Kevin Nasta was like, well, do you know who he is? And I'm like, I am so sorry. I'm so ignorant. No, I don't. And he gave me the whole, entire thing he showed me the pictures and that's when he started talking about his story uh as a professional wrestler and now you know as a retired professional wrestler right so it like i said it was it was beautiful to see that part of him and not just to like see him as 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 the wrestler i saw him as a person and that's i guess that's why i had such a uh a bigger connection yeah i saw him on an indie show and some heel like was like getting on him, getting on him. And he was in like, you know, he was just in the guy's corner. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the guy hit a move on him and he went up and he hit the moonsault. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, can I ask <laughs> how old you are? And he's like, I believe he was 62. And I was like, man, you hit that perfect. And he's like, well, thank you. But like, it was just, I didn't expect to see it on a, on a small, you know, indie show. But uh, he always kept himself in pretty damn good shape. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, Dave, to, to your point, I mean, and to Thunder, like this weekend, he was supposed to do signings here in New York, he was supposed to do a virtual mm-hmm. signing, and then he was supposed to be at the Baltimore Celeb Fest that we've been promoting uh, on Sunday. And that's why I always tell people, like, I know for me, like, why I want to go to, like, every arena. I want to do everything because, you know, he just, he was found in his hotel. He just didn't wake up. It was his time. And it's sad. Um, but then like how we all go and mourn we watch you know his stuff and you tell his stories just you know and a lot of people had them which you know from i mean he was older than my generation of of wrestlers but i grew you know seen him wrestling and he wasn't a top top pushed guy but he always left a mark and like i said you always would have like a highly competitive match whether he won or lost David, I uh, I found a poem that he wrote. Would you like me to recite it? Yes, yes. please. 
and think of how awesome this is. And I'm not going to say it in his voice because I won't do it justice. Once upon a wrestling ring, but not so long ago, Mr. Bruno Sammartino was the only name to know. He stood up to Buddy Rogers. The nature boy went down. Less than 60 seconds later, Sammartino wore the crown. He's the real Italian stallion. That's a fact you can't ignore. His career has more success than Rocky 1, 2, 3, and 4. The living legend lives again for every wrestling fan. He's on the microphone each week right next to Vince McMahon. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And it's, I mean, he had a couple of books with his poems yeah. that he put out. And it was, and one was like, you know, like, you know, you know, anti-alcohol. And then the other one was about anti-smoking. Like he was like, you know, it was like, I forget poems for your heart and lungs. Like it was like, I have to go and look like, you know, like that it's, it's, it's absurd, but it's so great. NFL fans, right now on the SXM app, hear in-depth coverage of your team with the Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. It's all the analysis, all the breakdowns that matter to you, hosted by the players who played for your team and the fans who eat, sleep, and breathe it. 32 diehard fan bases, 32 podcasts. The Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. B-L-E-A-V. Search Believe in, followed by your team on the SXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, uh, I know Tommy Fierro, who hosts the uh, Wrestling Collector. Um, he has some of those Frisbees, uh, Tommy. And he posted a picture on Facebook of, like, as a kid, catching the Frisbee and meeting Lanny Poffo. And then fast-forwarding, you know, 30 years later and posing with him with the same Frisbee that he caught as a, as a kid. And I think a lot of people probably listening right now, those are the things that are going through their mind. They're like... You know, you're going back in time when you were a kid, like a more innocent time it was a more innocent time for us as people, you know, and as fans, because we were younger. And then obviously in pro wrestling, you know, we got we get kind of cynical as we grow older. And of course, in this business, we grow very cynical and very and highly critical of it. And, you're, you know, Tommy, you said something before that really hit me hard. And the fact that if Lanny Poffo tried to do what he did then now, the fans would reject it. They would make fun of it. They'd probably throw the Frisbee back into the ring. Like, you know, it kind of reminds you of just kind of sit back and enjoy it and live in the moment. And, uh, you know, hopefully people will do that, you know? Uh, when we were all together in San Antonio, I mean, number one, that was the first time I had seen Thunder in person. And I don't know how long we all shared a great <laughs> yes. fun dinner. Um, but I was also telling the story. Uh, I was telling my Bob Backlund story, how I got into wrestling and then Dusty Rhodes. And like, I was like, I was getting goosebumps telling my story to somebody that never heard it yeah. uh, of the industry. But like, I also remember the power of when Bob Backlund just gave me a simple high five as a kid. And like, I was just like, whoa. And like, I have no problem discussing my fandom or like, and I always tell you what makes me, and, and Thunder knows this because she went through this, I think, more than anybody. Wrestling is a very, very one-sided um, relationship. And then when you feel like maybe it's turned on you or you feel like, you know, I, I can't get out of this of its way, like I go and I, I watch wrestling every night. But I watch stuff that, like, I never saw that when I was a kid because it puts me back in, like, this is why I love doing what I'm doing. 
And it really, really helps me for like, you know, like, I, I mean, Dave, I told you, like me driving home, I was in tears hitting every bump because my back had seized after my match. And I had a two hour ride home and I'm hitting a pothole and I'm on, the, I'm on route 80. I'm like, <laughs> and, but what did I do? I went home and I watched wrestling while I'm, I'm working out my back with my low back tracks. So I'm able to walk again, but I'm like, this is why I'm still doing it because yeah. I love this shit. And so did, I mean, so did Lanny Poffo looking forward to just a simple meet and greet and having fun uh, over the weekend. And like for when you, you see these, you know, talents, it does make you feel good when people come up to your table. It's not just so much of, wow, I'm making money. It's man, people remember me or people remember my body of work and they'll tell you a story. And for a lot of people it is it, but it's also for the performer as well. When they tell you, nice things. I'm like, I always, when people are like, I'm nervous. I was like, what are you nervous for? Uh, unless you have food, then I'm going to attack you. <laughs> but, but you know what? And it, it's so funny. Cause like thunder, when she went thunder, when you met Lanny Poffo, you didn't know him. Cause like you're a newer fan, obviously. And you, you didn't go back to that era, but then meeting him and knowing now, like what he accomplished and what he did and how, you know, how many memories, you know, he gave, he gave to fans. Like it does like it's childhood memories, you know, like, you know, it's it's those things that you cling on to. It's why we fell in love with pro wrestling to begin with. You know, usually when you talk to a fan, you know, when did you become a fan? Why did you become a fan? Usually. And I know it's different in your case, Thunder, because you became a fan a little bit later in life. But most people tell you when they were kids. You know, like, yeah. you know, for me, it's like when I think about when I first started watching wrestling, it was, you know, Saturday mornings, you know, sitting in my living room with my bowl of cereal, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, that those images of Lanny Poffo bring a lot of fans back to that time in their lives. Yeah, I was scrolling to his, um, his Instagram right now. And like, uh, I know that he was loved in Illinois, for sure. One of my friends, she is from Illinois. I posted this on Instagram and she um, she has a lot of connections with a lot of uh, old school wrestlers. She was heartbroken because she's like he was he and his family were like royalty in Illinois. And they're very sad about this situation. And um, and one of the things that I, I know that um, he loved and it's it's traveling and I had doing the the signings, it was another another way in where he traveled all over the country, all over the world. He met so many people in one-on-one. -on -one and um, and I know he, everyone that I have heard, like he he just, you know, touched him in such a special way, especially if, if he started reciting a poem just for them and I, on the spot because he had that ability yeah. to, uh, to do things on the spot, which is very difficult especially using the kind of words that he he was using and like and making it so interesting so um dave lagreca <laughs> yes sir i'm gonna give you a poem are you ready yes, yes i'm listening he's ready dave lagreca you usually go on a rant but your power rankings are usually very scant boo <laughs> That was when he was the genius. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Tommy. What about that all right off the top of my head? That's a dad joke poem. <laughs> See, it is hard. I'm saying it is very hard. It, it I had is. to look You're up scant, by the way. To make sure that adequate. it works. That it... Yeah. <laughs> 
But I do want to go back to an interview that Mark Henry and I, just a few minutes of an interview that Mark and I did with Lanny Poffo just a few years ago. Lanny Poffo right here on Busted Open. Lanny, it's Dave LaGreca, it's Mark Henry. How are you today? Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. What's going on, brother? Man, I'm a big fan of yours. You are fantastic. And what an excellent performer you are. I love watching you. Uh, I, I said that you were a rapper. I was like, I've heard you <laughs> do your thing so many times. And you are always one of the best rhymers that I, I ever heard in this business. Well, I'll tell you what. Thank you for saying that. And I was just lucky that I was the brother of the macho man, Randy Savage. That's right. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I stand before the Hall of Fame in honor of my brother, who sees each carpe diem day with passion like no other. Born Randy Mario Paco, he became the macho man. Randy Savage made it cool to be a wrestling fan. His match with Ricky Steamboat in 1987 was on a scale from 1 to 10, much better than 11. He snapped into a Slim Jim with his iconic voice. He earned a role in Spider-Man, which made his fans rejoice. When the mega powers exploded, the storyline was real. Life's too short to hold a grudge. It's time for us to heal. In triumphant jubilation, we celebrate his name. Finally, the Macho Man is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Plus, like you mentioned, you know, like, again, like we say, hey, Lanny Poffo's coming on Busted Open today. Fans get excited. They know who you are. Uh, you gave a lot of joy, and, and you're still sharing your talents. I was always nice to the fans because without the fans, we don't exist. And, you know, that's the people that, um, that make it all possible. You had a, a fantastic career, not only in the WWF, but, but in the NWA as well. And, you know, was there a favorite point or favorite part of your career? Yes, it was the four months that I got to go around as the nemesis of Hulk Hogan. And no matter what happens, even if he never does another thing for me again, I am very, very appreciative to Hulk Hogan for what he did for me. He took a jabroni and made me a star for four months. I made 23 appearances in Madison Square Garden, but twice I was on the main event. And asked me if it was worth it, the answer is yes, every moment of it. I can't get over it, and I hope I never do. All right, God bless you guys. Bye-bye. God Thank bless you. you, too. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. 
Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. Let's bring in Keith Elliott Greenberg. Keith, I know it's a tough circumstance, so thank you so much for joining us this morning. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm still trying to sort out the details of what happened to Lanny Poffo. And I know that you had a, a very good relationship with Lanny Poffo. Yeah, I consider Lanny Poffo uh, a real friend. And I, you know, he once said to me, he goes, look, if I didn't consider you a friend, I wouldn't bring you over my house to meet my parents. So I think that transcends the uh, reporter wrestler relationship. Yeah. And I'm sure for you, like, and you've, you've wrote, we've talked about it on the air, several books, the Fred Blassie book, the Ric Flair book. Um, and you're such a great columnist for Inside the Ropes magazine. Like, I'm sure that you develop friendships with a, a lot of. Oh, these yeah. Lessons. I mean, it, it's inevitable. And you know that. I mean, you and I were together in San Antonio this this uh, last week. And, you know, we were discussing that. You know, you, of course, you, you become 
close to people, uh, they're sharing their lives with you and making themselves very vulnerable. And you're also seeing them after matches when they're in physical pain. And, you know, if you lend a sympathetic ear, they begin to develop uh, real friendship feelings toward you. Uh, in your in your opinion, what made Lenny um, such a unique personality and, uh, you know, in comparison to everybody else that you've met? in the Well, business? you know, it, it's funny, Thunder. Uh, a lot of wrestlers will say that their personality is a variation of their true personality, but exaggerated. And the genius to me was really Lanny Poffo. I'm not saying he thought he was the world's smartest man, but he might have thought he was the world's smartest wrestler. And <laughs> okay. I spent a lot of time driving around with him when I uh, wrote for WWE's magazines. And, you know, we would go to museums, we would go to bookstores, and he was always increasing his knowledge. And from time to time, he enjoyed pontificating about that knowledge. Hence, you know, the character, the genius who condescended to the rest of the world. You know, this was such a, a big blow. And I think one of the reasons why it really took people by by surprise, Keith, and I'm sure you, is that, you know, when you've seen him recently, he was in such great shape and it seemed in such great health. And he was obviously, he was supposed to be doing a signing in Rockland County tonight. Right. And Yeah, know, I mean, I, I texted him Wednesday night. I went to DDT, the wrestling bar in Brooklyn. He had messaged me, Uh, when we were in San Antonio, he wanted to meet at this restaurant, Il Molino in Manhattan. And I'm like, hey, I'm already in San Antonio at the Rumble. And I texted him Wednesday night, like, hey, you want to meet up in Brooklyn? If you Are you still in town? I didn't hear back from him. I didn't know. You know, I thought he was busy. And then the next morning, I get a text from uh, one of the Megan twins in Toronto that uh, Lanny had died. That's unbelievable, uh, you know, and we talked about it just this last segment with Tommy Dreamer about, you know, missed opportunities and the last time you speak to somebody and, oh, I should have picked up the phone here. I should have went to this event. And, you know, to hear you say that, Keith, it's, it really kind of tugs at the heart that, you know, you just had, you know, you know, you, you wanted to get together, but your one, one was in New York and one was in San Antonio. It just, it kind of crushes you when you think about it. It crushes me. He'd also invited me down to his home in Ecuador. After uh, his mother died, he moved down to Ecuador. And, um, you know, I've been to Ecuador before and I can, you know, speak fairly functional Spanish. And, you know, it was like on my list of things to do, but I, had other things ahead of it. And, you know, I wanted to go back to Japan and watch some wrestling there and write about some wrestling there before I went, swung back to Ecuador. And he was so healthy, I just assumed, you know, there was no rush. You know, there never seemed to be an urgency to catch up with Lanny Poffo because he, he lived very well. Like a few years ago, we were in a Greek restaurant and he said, oh, I'm eating all this feta cheese you know, I'll have to really watch my diet the next couple of days. So you just assume like people like that will live for a long time. Um, You know, having a friend as Lenny Poffo, who, uh, you know, it was a super healthy person, like definitely always trying to, you know, keep up with his knowledge. Like you said, like he loved books, he loved writing. Um, Do you have a, a very fond memory of him? And like what, and if, if that memory, will you say that will define him? 
Well, you know, I have a lot of memories of him. We had a lot of laughs together because we were both misfits. And so a lot of times uh, after a wrestling show, a WWE show, he and I would drive together. And sometimes we would be with Miguel Alonso, the uh, Spanish language announcer, who I was a fan of because I used to watch wrestling in Spanish uh, from the Olympic Auditorium. And he had been the announcer there. And then um, sometimes the Japanese photographer, Keiji Nakayama, would join us as well. So, you know, it was quite a crew, like a Mexican guy, a Japanese guy, you know, <laughs> a half Jewish wrestler and a Jewish wrestling writer kind of driving around, you know, the American heartland. And, um, you know, I remember one time, it's a silly thing, but we were in a hotel room and... Um, you know, the wrestlers had to pay for their hotel rooms. So it was me, Lanny, and Paige Nakayama. And it was going to be like WWE would pay for me, but they wouldn't pay for the athletes stay in a hotel room. So we're like dividing up mattresses because there's only two beds in the room. And so we're pulling out box springs. And one mattress, when we pulled the sheet off, had red stains all over it which was uh. blood and lanny and cage just went on this ramp that abdullah no doubt has stayed here before <laughs> very silly but we were just hysterically laughing and that's the memory i went back to last night oh that's awesome um you know when you have a character a personality a man like lanny poffo it does cross over into other generations just earlier on in the show this morning keith um, Scott Walton from LA called us and his father, Jeff Walton, who was, you know, Lanny's, pro, uh, manager and then obviously a promoter out in the, in, on the West coast. And like, it's, a, it's, it's so amazing to me, you know, we, we can have somebody on that was such a part of his career in the seventies. And then you that covered his career and then a younger fan that probably didn't even see him wrestle, uh, but, you know, knows of it through the WWE network and things like that. It really does show the power of that golden era of the WWF, doesn't it? Well, it does. Um, you know, the the other thing is we're very fortunate to live in an era where there is a sense of wrestling history because, you know, look, look you talk about all these great Ric Flair, Rick Steamboat matches that no one ever got to see but they were supposedly better than anything we ever saw on pay-per-view, you know, when they yeah. were just in the, in the mid seventies, when they were working the circuit, um, you know, we're lucky that now if you're a 17 year old wrestling fan, you can go to Peacock or the WWE network and watch all these matches dating back to, I guess the early eighties, because you can also watch world-class and you can watch uh, mid Atlantic and, um, you know, and, and it's great that, you know, you meet these young people who've seen these matches. Like I saw Lex Luger at WrestleCon in San Antonio, and there was a kid about eight years old, like, you know, very excited to meet him. This kid obviously went into the archives. And for all the criticism about kids being online all the time, there's there's a value to it. And that's one of the examples. I do too. It's it, it's 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 pretty incredible. And I do feel like, more than any other form of entertainment, more than any other sport, 
you know, they really do have that sense of nostalgia and how important the past was. And, and, and you have that in pro wrestling. And also, like we were talking about it earlier in the show as well, is Lanny's character and his personality. And would that work today? And it doesn't even matter. It really does bring you back. I think it would work today. Okay. Because I don't think there would be, I, I mean, Damien Sandow did a variation of it a few years True. ago and actually contacted Lanny and asked for his endorsement, which Lanny, uh, which Lanny was more than happy to grant. So, yes, somebody who's pretending that they're, you know, a pompous fool and, um, you know, thinks, thinks they're, I mean, that's the, the classic heel formula. You think you're better than everybody else. But unlike an MJF, who the uh, business, uh, the Bloomberg story accurately described as a Long Island douche as a character. Lanny was, you know, a pretentious ass who really <laughs> thought he was uh, philosophically elevated from the rest of the world. And again, I was his friend to a degree. He <laughs> did think he was more knowledgeable than many people. It also shows too, Keith, like, and I, I, we talked about this earlier as well. You don't need a world championship to get over. You don't need a world championship or this main event run to really be remembered. And he did, like, I know he was in and had a program with Hulk Hogan, but you don't yeah, really need I to. Mean, that was, he was feeding off of Mr. Perfect. But yes. I will say this for Lanny. You know, now we will look back at Lanny's career and sure, he's the macho man's brother. Did the fact that he was the macho man's brother guarantee him a spot in uh, in WWE? Undoubtedly. Uh, Lanny told me that virtually every time we spoke. He knew where his bread was buttered. But we will remember his run with Mr. Perfect. And if we go down the rabbit hole, we will also look at how innovative he was as a technician, realize when L Lanny was doing moonsaults at his parents' outlaw promotion in Kentucky, when no American had ever seen a moonsault, no one had seen that famous Dynamite Kid versus Tiger Mask match. And, you know, he really deserves credit for incorporating something that was quite, quite innovative for its time. So, um... I mean, it is so interesting that because you were so close to him um, and like, I like that the fact that you mentioned that he was okay with being, you know, Randy's brother. And, um, but in your opinion, besides, you know, what did you just, you know, mention, what is another thing that people will remember about the genius uh, Lenny Puffo well, as being the, the brother? I think I need to bring this back to Randy Savage a little bit, um, because it's something else that came to mind. And I've written about this before, but it, it's worth mentioning. Um, Randy did not want to be in the Hall of Fame. Randy felt that all the Poffos should go into the Hall of Fame together. Lanny mm. thought this was absurd. He said, you know, I was an entertaining character. I was not a Hall of Famer. And, you know, our, their father, Angelo Poffo, who, uh, quite accurately labeled himself the miser at one point. And I think Randy, there's no question, inherited, uh, you know, that, that, that trait. Um, Angelo was a good hand, but he was not a Hall of Fame level. 
And no disrespect to the late Angelo Poffo with me saying that. So Lanny had it in perspective. Randy Savage was the Hall of Famer in the family. And then Randy died at age 58. And he had said, if I, if, if, if I go in, we all go in. And then a few years pass. WWE makes overtures to Lanny. Lanny is now basically the caretaker of Randy's legacy. And finally, Lanny says, you know what? Randy has to go into the Hall of Fame. And their mother is still alive. And she's like, Randy wouldn't like that. Randy wouldn't want that. And Lanny's like, well, Randy's not here. I'm here. And I'm not doing it for the macho man. I'm doing it for the macho fan. Wow. And he knew how much Randy's fans revered him. And Lanny liked the fans. Lanny was actually had friendships with fans when it was all supposed to be kayfabe and you weren't supposed to give anything up. And, you know, in different cities, he would hang out with different fans, like as, as buddies, like even beyond wrestling. And it was very important that those fans were validated. And I think that's something that was very giving of him that, you know, not only did he love his brother, but he loved the, the fans who loved his brother and he felt he owed it to them to, to, to give them that. And I think that because of Randy's feelings for his fans, ultimately as stubborn as Randy Savage was, he would have come around and accepted that. And, and I think that tells you what kind of man Lanny was and what kind of man Randy Savage was because, you know, Randy did really care and love his family. And I could be mistaken here. Did, wasn't there, you know, a little animosity, the fact that Angelo Poffo wasn't in that Legends Battle Royal at the Meadowlands? Oh, the- yeah, that never that never died. It's like, yes. <laughs> you know, and I, I, think, I think Randy Savage was OCD, and I've spent quite a bit of time with Randy and even after Randy's death, Lanny and I spoke about it. And you know, when he had a thought in his head, that thought didn't go away. And I, I don't think he was on any medication either. Um, yeah, there was a Legends Battle Royal at the Meadowlands. And, you know, I think it was um Al Costello of the Kangaroos, who was very close with uh Randy Savage, he was in the Battle Royal, but Randy what but but Angelo wasn't. And Randy just couldn't get that out of his mind. It was the ultimate slap in the face. And he'd asked for his father to be in the battle royal. He also knew how happy his father would be to share a ring with people once again, like Lou Thez and Pat O'Connor, who were the last two uh, remaining combatants in that battle royal. And years later, after Randy was retired, He was still talking about how, you know, the family was disrespected because Angela wasn't in that battle royal. And at one point he said to Lanny, I handled it like Martin Luther King. I should have handled it like Malcolm X by any means necessary. Amazing. I mean, that tells you how passionate the whole family was about professional wrestling. They all grew up, you know, they were third generation wrestlers and, and, I mean, I, I kind of understand Randy and I kind of understand, the, you know, his, his, his take, because I feel that when you are in that position, like you feel you have sacrificed, you have given so much 
And you just asking for one little thing, one little favor. Right. And when that doesn't happen, like it really hurts and it really goes you know, straight to the heart. Right. So right. And um, I'm sure you understand that because you're living that way now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. It is hard, but like you said, you might've had some OCD issues. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to let some well, stuff because go. Because you were still talking about, I'm not sure you will be talking about it. Like things that are bothering you this week. I'm not sure if I'm still around and I intend to be 20 or 25 years from now, you're still going to be harping on what you're angry about this week. Randy would have been. Oh God. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.